Oh, I felt sorry for that poor guy in that fourth chapter. That. Uh... Oh yeah. That was... Yeah, that was a rough day. <laughs> it's a bad day. Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Carol First Baptist Church <laughs> podcast. I am Peter Hill, the First Baptist intern, and along with Pastor Mark and Pastor Chris. Good morning. Hey, good morning. And again, we have uh, Pastor Wiggenbeck. He's returning to continue the discussion on Tom Rainier's. I am a church member, so welcome back, Pastor Wigan. Thank you. Good morning. So today, we're going to be going to be looking over chapter 4 of the book. Uh, chapter 4 really highlights praying for your pastor and church leaders. This is something that people may not often realize or understand, that being a pastor has many different facets to it that can be extremely draining to them, coupled with the high standards that the Bible holds for the office of pastor. So hopefully this can be helpful to you as listeners to know what your pastors go through and how you can support them through prayer. So let's hop right into it. Um, so, Pastor, you've probably been the pastor longest, obviously. Um, so <laughs> probably, probably. Just, just a guess, we estimated combine guess. Combine our time, and I think he still has this beat. Combine our ages. <laughs> oh, happy birthday, by the way! It's I think true, yesterday, yes. yesterday you. was your uh, happy birthday. Yeah. So, 69? Yes. 69. 69. 69. Yes. 69 years young. Yeah, he's looking 69. good for 69 yeah. year old. And if you see him on a tennis court, you will not believe he's 69 years old. He gets around pretty good. <laughs> With two big knees. Yeah. So, yeah, he has new knees, but yeah, hey, new that's knees. fine. They work. <laughs> so, Pastor, why can being a pastor be so draining at, at, at times? I think uh, the Apostle Paul hits it on the head, the main thing. He talks about... Uh, the care of the churches and if you if you care about people and you care about being the kind of pastor that God wants wants you to be uh, there's there's just a, a, an awesome responsibility that you carry around with you all the time yep. uh, you know even when you may not be on duty so to speak in the office or in the hospital or anything like that you uh, you still think about people and what they're going through and and uh, uh, care about their their walk with the Lord. Yeah, what do you guys think? Yeah, I I I think that's true. I think that you don't you you don't get um, the, uh, the the responsibility that never never ends. You don't punch yeah. out. You don't you don't get to uh, take take a uh, a week off in the sense of like it's somebody else's responsibility entirely yeah. anymore. I mean, certainly we. Nine to five, punch in, punch right. out. We have the blessing time. of vacation and, and yep. time off, but but even in those moments, there's still always the kind of the looming reality yeah. that that there could be a need for uh, you know to be to be brought in. And, you can and always I, do more. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. There's never a sense in which okay, this is finished. I'm done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, this, uh, the, even the story right at the beginning uh, about the family that was in the accident um, rings true. I'm sure you guys have experienced some of those. Uh, but even in my you know, almost four years here, I've had two of these calls already for uh, students that were involved in accidents. And one of them was at like 2.30 in the morning. I have a mother calling me because her kids were in a car accident uh, on Guilford here. And uh, so, you know, some people is like, okay, well, other jobs you leave a voicemail and you know we'll get to whatever the need is when it's you know working hours or whatever but you know for pastors it's 2 30 in the morning you wake up you answer the call sometimes you actually have to get up get dressed go to the hospital at that moment 
Um, and, uh, you know, I, maybe that's not entirely understood until you're uh, a victim of one of those situations. And then you, um, you know, have that, uh, benefit of, of care, pastoral care. Uh, I, I do think though that one of the reasons it can be so draining on a less, um, positive sense so it's true that the, the job itself has you know weight to it yeah. i think mm-hmm. that's all true too but i think that one of the reasons why it can be so draining is because um sometimes we take the responsibility as though it is ours solely mm. and so ho- holding too much of the responsibility sure. can, can be draining meaning like at the end of the day i I'm not the Messiah. Yeah. I'm not the Savior. I'm not the one who's going to be the the rescuer of all people's problems or their marriages or, or whatever. And if, if I think I'm holding all those yeah. keys or, or all the answers, then then when it doesn't work um, or people are disappointed, then it's... Your fault kind of right. thing. Right. I mean, yeah. we've all had people to, who probably have not, um, not, not agreed with maybe what we have said or what we have said hasn't quote unquote worked and, and uh, counsel that's been given either wasn't heeded or, or it didn't seem to change their circumstance. And, and uh, what are you left with? Well, if, if the hope of the church is dependent upon me, then that's a pretty heavy weight that can drain even the the, the best. So I might point out, I don't walk around feeling drained all the time. Yeah. I feel very privileged to be able to, to serve as a pastor, and God's given me uh, two wonderful churches, groups of people to be able to pastor and work mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. It's great when you work with people, yeah. and you've got folks that uh, you know take responsibility and go with it and things like that. And so I, I, I don't feel mistreated. I don't feel drained. I don't feel tired all the time. I, I just am um, uh, very thankful for the opportunity to serve the Lord. Sure, you get tired sometimes, and, and there are times I guess you do feel drained, like you know you just need a need a little break. But most of the time, it's just a it's a real privilege to to serve the Lord and to teach His Word to people and preach and and get to rejoice with people when they rejoice. That's lots of fun. Yeah, yeah. And uh, also to be able to be there and weep with them when they weep. That's not necessarily fun. But it, it, you want to be there with them. Yeah. You, yeah. you want to uh, let them know that God is there with them. Yeah. I guess I've always tried to see myself not as the, the Messiah, but, but as, as God's representative anyway. Yeah. And when I walk in the door with a Bible in my hand, uh, if nothing else, I want to be a reminder to people that, hey, God's here. God mm-hmm. cares. Uh, there's a church family that is supporting me, a church family that cares. and. Yeah. And the pastors here representing the Lord and representing the church family. So, yeah, and I don't think this this chapter is necessarily saying that that being a pastor is a negative thing. That it's negative on health, but just mm-hmm. that there's a there's an aspect of it that it can it can be negative. And like you said, it's it's a blessing that I think I'm not can't I can't speak for all of you, but it seems like you guys are all um, not handling it, but but seeing seeing God's grace through all of this as being a pastor. Yeah, I think the expectation of what what pastoring should entail matters too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. if, if your expectation is that you won't have to deal with some of these things or that you should have, you know, X, Y, and Z, and then when you don't, then you're disappointed yeah. or, or whatever. So, you know, f- 
for me personally, one of the benefits in pastoral ministry is that, that I've grown up in a pastor's home. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I, I witnessed my dad and how he pastored. And mm-hmm. right, wrong, and different, it, it's just the, the opportunity to witness someone dealing with what it means to be a pastor. And he yeah. pastored a very small church. And so he wasn't just the pastor. He was the, the maintenance guy. He was, yeah. you know, the, he, he, he held, you know, several, several jobs, right? I mean, the snow removal guy, like, <laughs> I mean, he was, he was all of those things as, I mean, I think pastor probably you held those jobs at, at other churches too. And it's and some of those jobs here for some time too. And so if your expectation is that, you know, I shouldn't have to do any of those things or, or whatever, you know, then, so some some of that can drain yeah. you because your expectation is wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think maybe a, a real expectation is <laughs> is necessary uh, in order not to be too too overwhelmed by the job. Yeah, I was thinking, uh, it, what's my fuel source? Kind of a thing. Uh, we're still human beings. We still need food. We still need sleep. Um, you know, in the book here, Mike was talking about visiting with that family at the hospital, and then for like three hours. Uh, and then once uh, family got there, then he had home quick and it said to grab a quick sandwich, to grab a quick bite, you know, just uh, kind of illustrating and pointing out the fact that, you know, we're still human beings that need food and sleep and all that stuff. But then kind of the emotional uh, aspect to it where he has to kind of put that aside for a moment to prep for his message for the next Sunday because Sunday's still coming, you know, and uh, those kinds of things. And it, if we are trying to do all these things in and of ourselves all the time, uh, we're going to be drained emotionally, physically, spiritually, all these things. And so remembering and to continue to come back uh, and pointing other people to the Lord, but pointing ourselves there as well. Um, you know, because sometimes pastoring, we can uh, get our eyes off of Christ and, and try doing things on our own while pointing other people to the right power source, but then not uh, you know, consuming him ourselves. And that's, that's an important thing for us. Uh, to do. Yeah, so how do you guys handle the pressures that come with being in the pastorate? Ooh, well, I try to remember it's the Lord's church. Yeah. yeah. It's not yeah. mine. I, I I can do what I'm capable of doing and, and sometimes the Lord helps you do things you're not capable of doing. <laughs> uh, yeah. and and he you know just intervenes and, and the bottom line is it's it's his church and you can't do everything and you're not superman you're not the messiah yeah um so just continue to remember that and, and then also i mentioned a moment ago it's just so wonderful to uh have good uh co-workers mm-hmm. uh, on the pastoral staff and then a lot of people in, within the church family yeah that take responsibility for things and and carry that responsibility right. yeah. and, and hold up do a whole lot better job of it than, than what I could. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm thankful for that. One of the other things I've tried to do is uh, uh, not just develop a bunch of new ministries in the church. Mm-hmm. In fact, I read a book years ago by a fellow by the name of Frank Tillipaw called Unleashing the Church. And his idea was that you, you don't start a new ministry in the church unless you have somebody in the church that's burdened to carry out that ministry. Yeah. Uh, you know, you can come up with all kinds of things. Well, we should do this and we should do that. And you've got people that will tell you as a church, we should do this, we should do that. But uh, if God really wants something to go on in a local church, I think he's going to burden somebody 
besides the pastor for that. Yeah. Yeah. And that really has uh, been, been a helpful philosophy, I guess, or approach that, that I've taken to things. And yeah. It's great to see people take ministries and, and run with yeah. them. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, I guess one, one of the things, and maybe it's a more of a, a broader thing, but, but it's something that recently I, I've kind of been uh, coming back to as a source of um, encouragement for me is just the truth that God is actually sovereign mm-hmm. over our church. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Over every church, he's sovereign over every nation, over every king, over every leader. And so, you know, when I look at things and I look at the future and consider what what's what or uh, something that might be a particular particularly difficult for me or whatever just recognizing that and the, the, the Lord actually does know about this <laughs> he's already aware of it and uh, he will use means to to for for his goodwill to be done uh, and his good purpose and so uh, that that is a that's not just a um, Kind of, that's not just nice talk. Like that. That's like life changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, of how you how you look at um, your your life and your ministry. So that that very basic though though you know very uh, life altering truth is uh, something for me that I just need to keep coming back to frequently. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what kept Joseph going. In fact, late in his life. Uh, as he's in, you know, he's yeah. on second in command in, in Egypt, and yeah. his father dies, and the, his brothers who had sold him into slavery mm-hmm. and thought about killing him were worried what he was going to do to them. Yeah. There in Genesis 50, he makes the statement, what you did to me, you intended for, for evil, no doubt yeah. about it. Right. But God intended it for good. You know, God's working in everything. Yeah. That's yeah. just as uh, amazing to to contemplate that thing it's right. it's all in his hands yeah mm-hmm.